This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Keith Kam. We often view recovery of the COVID-19 pandemic in economic terms, but what also took a hit during this period was democratic freedoms. Unfortunately, the latest edition of the EIU Democracy Index reveals a continued decline in democratic indicators across the globe, reaching the lowest score of 5 5.23 out of 10 since the index began in 2006. So the 167 countries in the report are ranked and categorised into full democracies, flawed democracies, hybrid regimes and authoritarian regimes. While the majority of the world's population lives in a democracy of some sort, the share of people living in an authoritarian state have been creeping upwards. In this year's edition, Malaysia maintained its 40th place rank, but also saw its overall score dip to 7.29 from 7.30 previously. So for more highlights from the report, uh, we speak to Sumira Dasgupta, Senior Analyst with the EIU. Sumira, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Could you walk us through what accounts for the decline in the overall democracy index in 2020? 23, and what are the broad trends being observed? So basically, in EIU's 2023 Democracy Index, we've seen that this time 74 of the 167 countries that we look at are actually democracies of some type. But the global average index score has fallen to a new low. It's fallen to 5.23 in 2023 from 5.29 in 2022. This year, the number of full democracies have remained at 24, same as it was in the previous year. The number of flawed democracies generally increased from uh, 48 to 50, so which is because of positive development. Of the remaining 95 countries, 34 would be classified as hybrid regimes, and about 59 would be authoritarian regimes. Our gauge of population says that uh, almost half of the world's population lives under a democracy of some sort, but only 8% of them reside in a full democracy. And more than a third of the world's population actually live under an authoritarian rule. And this is a share which has been creeping up in recent years, which is a couple of, which is definitely a disturbing trend. Some notable upgrades that we saw this year were countries like Paraguay, Papua New Guinea, Greece, Angola, so in different sections of the world. Uh, on the other hand, in the downgrade category, we had prominent ones like Chile and Pakistan. Now, coming to the fall uh, in the global average score, which of course is not a very positive trend, this is generally in keeping with the trend of depression and stagnation, which has been observed uh, through the ELU Democracy Index in recent years. And the deterioration in the state of democracy globally has mainly been driven by negative developments in non-democracies, which are classified as hybrid or authoritarian regimes. These ones have seen an upsurge in violent conflict, authoritarian crackdowns. So in general, what this means is non-democratic institutions are actually becoming more entrenched and maybe hybrid regimes are sort of struggling to democratize and not really achieving much success at that. So Meda, how does the Asia-Pacific region stack up in the rankings then? Of the 28 countries that we look at in Asia, five them are full democracies, 10 are broad democracies, five are hybrid regimes, and eight are authoritarian. The authoritarian regimes include the bottom three of the global ranking, which are Afghanistan, Myanmar, and North Korea. Of the 28 countries uh, in 2023, 15 of them recorded a decline in their score, and only eight of them registered an improvement, which is, of course, 
not a very positive trend. The region's deterioration has been observed across all five categories of dependence, largest declines being in electoral process and pluralism and functioning of government. So obviously the outsized political influence of the military in Pakistan and Thailand means that elections are far from being free, fair, competitive, any of them. On the plus side, uh, China, which is already classified as an authoritarian regime, uh, it did see an improvement, but this is mostly a formal improvement rather than a substantive one because it reflects the tightening of uh, control held over armed forces by the Chinese Communist Party and also uh, it reflects an increase in the participation of women lawmakers in China's rubber staff parliament, which of course is not reflective of very much because uh, that is not the case for um, the Chinese Politburo. So obviously it's really a very formal improvement. Uh, India is one where also that we've seen a slight improvement in the score, mostly because uh, the Supreme Court struck down uh, moved by the government to ban uh, a leader of the opposition from contesting elections and disqualify him. And but we have recognized a decline in the score for civil liberties in India, for example, because of a lot of, a lot of ethnic violence that happened in uh, the northeastern region of the country, and of course, which has spread a, a fairly conformist media environment. And even looking at Asia, Australasia by a sub-region basis, there are big regional disparities. South Asia, Southeast Asia already have the poor scores, as we know. And the scores for countries in North Asia, Australasia, which basically means Japan, South Korea, Australia, these have been largely stable. So they're functioning much better. So looking specifically at Malaysia, what does our declining score indicate about the state of democracy here then? So in case of Malaysia, the score is actually falling very marginally, and mostly that is because of the decline in score for the functioning of government category, which was nearly offset by an improvement of the score for civil liberties. Uh, so basically, the score for civil liberties improved in 2023 in recognition of the presence of institutions, which now provide citizens the opportunity to successfully petition the government to address grievances, for example, the tribunal for consumer claims, the ombudsman, financial services, and there's Malaysian communications and multimedia permissions. So there are many ways in which citizens can um, sort of get their uh, redress and if there's an issue that government policies. But the score for functioning of government is, uh, it has gone down. It dropped compared to the previous year because public confidence in political parties has actually ebbed. This is because of significant political chaos in the past few years, notwithstanding of course, the slight stabilization in 2023, we have seen quite turbulent times politically for Malaysia. So a number of factors have impacted the country's scores. Malaysia had some successful unelected governments in 2020 and 2021. Uh, there was also an early general election in 22, which produced a hung parliament, the unity government, which is there. Uh, there are many pro-Malay factions, which means that Malaysia shifted towards a more liberal and multicultural society becomes crimped. And also state elections which were held last year highlight that uh, there is strengthening support for Perikata uh, Nasinao and based that Kupich could risk unwinding the unity cup. So these things have been recognized in scoring. But it's important to say that Malaysia actually outruns and outscores all its Southeast Asian peers. It is designated as a broad democracy and stands between South Korea and India, but it is better than all South other Southeast Asian countries. Malaysia scores very well in the category of electoral process and pluralism. This is a category that it matches South Korea and Timor Leste, these kind of countries. Uh, in general, over the past five years, actually, Malaysia's uh, score has been true. 
Sumida, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Sumida Dasgupta, Senior Analyst with the EIU, giving us some of the takeaways from this year's EIU Democracy Index, uh, which shows that, unfortunately, overall, I think the trend of democracy is on a downward decline. Downward decline, yes. Downward trajectory. (laughs) There we go. Um, But yeah, in Malaysia's stance, we're not great, but we're not terrible either, I think. If you look at the average score of 5.23, if we're 7.29, it's not terrible. Shouldn't we be better though? We can always be better. That's an Asian mom talking. Yeah, but we should be better. We should be number one. I I don't know whether we'll ever get to number one, but we should always endeavour to try and improve our score annually and look at where we are failing, which is in civil liberties, and understand why is that the case? Uh, Why are our civil liberties being eroded? And try and work against that. Which is why it's really useful to have all these indices and, and studies like uh, you know the, the, the CPI, the Corruption Perception Index, mm. as well as this Democracy Index. It's something that the government uh, that the government of the day can use to improve themselves and even for the people as well. Yeah, it's a wake up call for us, mm. and it it provides a very good reference point in terms of how we are doing on an annual basis, because there's no point everyone saying oh corruption is improving, for example, or democracy is improving when there's nothing. There's no objective score. All right. It's 7.46 a.m. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to discuss approaches to strengthen nursing and healthcare. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.